Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Scott with you. It's 105 in Edmonton. Gavin Shore, Louis DeBrus joined us in hour number one. Hour number two, courtesy of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network in 47 seconds time. We'll also hear from George LaRock, Montreal-based media personality, Edmonton sporting icon. Oilers now brought to you for the last eight years by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. We will tell you our text line is currently down. We've got a malfunction at the junction. Uh, to paraphrase the late, great Ed Whalen from his uh, Stampede Wrestling days. So in the meantime and in between time, we'll head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and be joined by the NHL Network's Kevin Weeks, whose uh, name is out there, by the way. I saw a couple reports yesterday. And one day, we're going to be bringing Kevin aboard as uh, president of an NHL organization. I look forward to that happening. Kevin, welcome back to our show. How are you doing? I'm great, stuff. How are you doing, buddy? How's everything going? Uh, you know, it's all right. I mean, you know, it's we got an expansion draft uh, taking place on the 21st. The list has got to be on the 17th. The orders have got some work to do. They got short on yesterday. Larson coming at some point. Um, I, I think that one gets done. We're all watching Ryan Nugent Hopkins as well. We don't talk as much about goaltending, and that's, you know, you're a former goalie. I actually want to ask you about John Gibson. The last two years, 903, 904 save percentage, but a career 917. Uh, Anaheim doesn't have as good a team as they used to do. They're pretty much in a bit of a rebuild, though there are some people that believe they're in on Jack Eichel. Uh, when you watch the Ducks games, do you still think that Gibson has it? And does there come a point for some goaltenders around the league where maybe they're less than enthusiastic as organizations go through little rebuilds? Yeah, I certainly think so. You know, I've been a big Gibson guy since he left Pittsburgh and went to Kitchener and played in the OHL for the Kitchener Rangers. And, you know, he's, he's had that pedigree and that success, under-17 gold, under-18 gold, world junior gold men's world championship bronze when he was in Kitchener, <laughs> literally. So he's, you know, he's a multi-time all-star. I've gotten to know him well. My buddy Sudzi Maharaj is their goalie coach out there in Edmonton. And, uh, in Edmonton, excuse me, in Anaheim, pardon me. And I, I would say this, he's, I think he's still elite, but I do believe that that playing there, and you nailed it, Stoff, I just, I just think it's wearing on him playing there in Anaheim. Not the lifestyle, but it's just, it just seems to be a perpetual rebuild without any traction. And, you know, he's had to do so much just to keep them in games. And as I said, he's a two-time All-Star, if I'm not mistaken now. And there just doesn't seem to be any traction in the rebuild. Now, they had some really good young pieces. Obviously, I love 
Drysdale. I thought he was one of the gems of the draft last year, the young defenseman. Yep. And uh, I love Trevor Zegers as well. I think both those two young kids are going to be excellent NHL players. But overall, I just think he's kind of wasting away in Anaheim. And if I was a team that's contending or on the, uh, on the brink of contending, I would certainly be looking at, at trying to acquire him via trade for sure. So if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, um, how different of a team would Edmonton be, do you think, if they were to get a goaltender of, of Gibson's? And I'm, I don't know if it's even feasible. I just wonder, does that immediately change the complexion of how people would see the Oilers? I mean, no question, right? I think look, when you're looking at your core and your core pieces that you just talked about, when you look – you start with Connor and then Leon and then Darnell. I mean, do you have a goalie? Smitty was amazing this year, as we know that. But do you have a goalie that's that's in that kind of ilk or that grows with that group? And, you know, I, I really like Stuart Skinner, but, you know, obviously he hasn't had the chance to play up at the big level for a long stretch of time. So do you have somebody, do you have a young Vasilevsky that – was growing with a young Kucherov and a Stamkos and, and Hedman and those types of players? No. Are those guys easy to find? Of course they're not. Did you have Braden Holby who was growing with Ovi and, and Carlson and back from Washington? No. So I think if you can get a guy that's in his mid, mid-20s mid or you know whether it's 26, 27 in the case of Gibson and, and they can grow with this group and they can be lockstep with that group, that's really important, I really think. No question. If you're the oil, no question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jack Michaels, as you know, does the games with us, and, and he's a huge yep. Marc-Andre mm-hmm. Fleury fan. And, totally. you know, and and the Penguins went with Murray mostly instead of Fleury the last year they won. But the Penguins mm-hmm. haven't been the same organization since Flower's gone. And here's, totally. Flower, here's Flower in Vegas, and he's claimed that spot back as the number one guy, and they're about to pull what many would consider uh, an upset. I'm going somewhere here with Pittsburgh, all right? They have Tristan yeah. Jerry. Uh, who had a tough campaign. They're, they got Hexy in there now, as well as Brian Burke. And I wonder whether or not Pittsburgh looks at it and says, well, if we gave up Kapanen and Jari, could we get Gibson here? You know what You know what I mean? And, and Yeah, then, he's a Pittsburgh kid, too. Yeah, of right. course. Right, and I then totally understand where you're going with that. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And if and if it's if it's Anaheim and a team like Edmonton came calling, I'm like, all right. Well, if I'm Bob Murray, I'm like, you're giving us the number one, and you're giving us Broberg, and that's the starting point, and possibly even a Yamamoto. Like, I'm, I think the acquisition cost would be more at Edmonton, uh, and and then maybe you know they take Koskinen back in that scenario. This is a pure. 50,000 feet hypothetical. I just don't want anybody running on this. But if he's, because I've sort of heard some rumblings that maybe he might be open, because a lot of guys love playing in Anaheim. But guys want to win too, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? And I've I've sort of heard an inference that maybe he would be open to going to a place where there might be a little bit more immediate success. You know? Look, I totally, look, sports years are, are careers are, are very limited. And uh, and with that being said, those things, you want to try to take advantage, right? And look, who would have thought 18 months ago for any of us that our lives and everybody's yeah. lives would be changed upside down the way they are, right? Like, yep. you know, the last time I saw my parents and my sister in, in Ontario and last time I saw, you know, um, my girl's family out in Alberta, the majority of them anyway, I didn't think that two Christmases ago would be the last time that I saw them. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying, like, you got to covet your time 
and due to the world changing, we were unable to see each other physically. So that's how quickly years can go by. And I think we all saw that now. So from a sports perspective, you know, it's like pet years, you know, it's like dog or cat years. And it's really limited time from the time you get in the league. You're on that clock. Is, it's, it's racing and it doesn't stop for anybody. So if you're John Gibson, for example, and I'm not speaking for Gibby, and even though I know him, but if I'm looking at a, if I'm looking at the opportunities out there, and I see a team like the Oil, and or I see a team like the Pens, and I see what those two teams have and the pieces that they have and what they could need, and, and knowing the fact that I'd be able to help, I, I, totally. I mean, I would totally be interested in that, without question. Without question. You, you mentioned both the Oilers and the Penguins. I couldn't agree more. And just to kind of take it back, like that was a huge miscalculation by the Penguins, and I've spoken to some people in their group, and they've admitted that publicly, but there's one person on the planet that doesn't have my same birth certificate named Mike Rupp. And Rupper was the only person on the NHL network, and he brought it forward. He's like, guys, I know this sounds unconventional. I'd move Matt Murray now and keep the flower. I'd do it. And I, even me, I was like, Rupp, are you sure? He's like, we see, I played with the Flower. I played in Pittsburgh. I'm telling you, I had moved Matt Murray. His value's never going to be higher. He's won two cups. He's an excellent young goalie. You'll never get a better return than now. Pittsburgh would get a haul for him if they do it. And he's the only person on planet Earth that I heard say that. It's a Rupp's credit. So uh, I know it sounded unconventional, but you're spot on, Soft. Like, and, and they tried, quasi tried to get him back, but they should have given up you know, the sun, the moon, and the stars to get it back, and they didn't, and here they are now. Well, I'll say this. Uh, my broadcast partner for the last 11 years, Jack Michaels, uh, the moment he goes, if they, if they end up, you know, they're going to move out Flower at the expense of Murray, mm-hmm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt Pittsburgh. All right, that's switch oh, focus. great call by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Go ahead. It's, it's one of the few ones he's gotten right. Uh, that's... <laughs> Carey Price, because that's the other end of the argument is Flower versus Price, and Carey yeah. Price, Carey Price has come back with vengeance as well. To me, the Winnipeg, yeah. you know what? Like Hellebuck came back down to earth. You know, uh, it was sub nine hundred through the first three games of that series. But how much of it is Price with the Canadians, and how much of it is a tailor-made uh, playoff-style defense with that top four that's physical that gets in front of you? Yeah. That, you know that 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 because the Jets, the, you know, you know, you watch the Leafs and they got boxed out as that series. Game six and game seven, Montreal, I thought were the better team uh, against Toronto, and certainly against Winnipeg. There's no, da- I know Winnipeg got it to overtime in game four, but the, the, you know, the Canadians, that that core four on D and that goalie, pretty good, aren't they? Oh no question. Listen, you know, stop. We, I always love to reference this on the call because you and I live the game. We don't just talk. And we're not just talking heads in the media. We live this game day to day. It's a part of our lives and our family's lives. And a lot of that is you and I hot stoving off the air as much as we're hot stoving on the air for the great fans that are tuning in. And with that, you know how often how oftentimes we talk about this. Like Montreal, I, look, Mark Bergevin is taking too long. Don't get me wrong, but I got to tell you this, and I told you this before. There's no GM, maybe in sports, but certainly outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, getting Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to win the Super Bowl. But aside from that, there's no GM in sports that had a better offseason than Mark Bergevin in the Montreal Canadiens. Let's be honest. You bring in Jake Allen so you could ref carry. You just talked about prices. People aren't talking about the value that Jake Allen brings to the table because he didn't have to overplay Pricer this year. You get what I mean? So you bring in Jake Allen, who won a ring in St. Louis. All right. 
so you can rest price here. They trade from Joel Edmondson. They trade Carolina because uh, his rights were coming from Carolina for the exclusive window is the UFA, right? Unrestricted free agent to be pending. Yeah. They trade yeah. for the rights to negotiate with him. Stanley Cup brings St. Louis. You're bringing Tyler to Foley, Vancouver. Please don't ask me what you were doing because you had him there. You're bringing Tyler to Foley, one cup in, in, in LA. Okay. You also add big, mean Josh Anderson, who's also super physical, big power forward, can skate and make plays. You bring him in from Columbus. You trade for him. You sign him. Okay. You bring in Romanoff, who I think really is going to be a very good defenseman, but they're a little stacked on the back end for what I just said. You're able to extend Jeff Petrie, which, which is a miss by you guys out there. You're able to extend Jeff Petrie, who's their best defenseman in Montreal. You then add Scory Perry, as I nicknamed him when he played, played Anaheim, Corey Perry, 750 stuff, NHL entry-level money for a guy that has over 100 Stanley Cup playoff points in his career. All the World Juniors, Memorial Cup with London. I mean, you, you can go up and down the list. Stanley Cup in Anaheim, Olympic gold, World Championships gold. What else did he do? World Cup of Hockey gold. Like, come on. Like, He's a winner. So you look at all that. He's a winner. So you add all those pieces, and some of them at very good value, most of them at good uh, value in a cap environment in terms of the price. Now you get rings, you get experience, you get international experience, you, you get those winners, and you get people that know how to play in the postseason, and they have jam. That's what we were talking about the last time we talked with the oil. Uh, that's exactly what we talked about. More jam that can play, and, and, and you know they're not afraid to play, know how to play in the postseason. And now look at Montreal right now. I think Terry Price is back. Sean Burke's done a great job with him in uh, getting Price back to his top level in his form. But Jake Allen had a big hand in that so far, too, by not having to overplay Terry Price this year, too. All right, switching focus. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers end up uh, 19th overall as a result of Boston getting bounced out last night by the Islanders. That's where Edmonton's going to mm-hmm. draft. I believe there's going to be two goaltenders, uh, Lucas Wallstadt, along with yeah. uh, the Oil King Sebastian Kosa, that are going to go in the top. Uh, sorry, it's Jesper Wallstadt, my, my correction there. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I know you mean. Yeah, you know who I meant. Along with uh, Sebastian mm-hmm. Kosa from the Oil Kings, who was above a 940 save percentage this year. Uh, I think Sebastian's the best goaltending prospect out of the WHL since Carey Price. We haven't had a goalie mm-hmm. goal number one out of Major Junior in Canada since uh, Malcolm Subban back in 2012. Would you, mm-hmm. now, I'm asking the goalie guru and a guy that would want mm-hmm. to end up a goalie department for an NHL organization if you went in as a president, would you have mm-hmm. any hesitation in drafting a goaltender in the first round of the NHL draft? Not at all. That's like, cause that's like saying in the football that you'd, you'd be hesitant to draft the quarterback in the first round. You know, it's, it's a unicorn if you get Tom Brady in the sixth round or wherever they got him. It's a unicorn if you're the Rangers and you got my boy Henrik Lundqvist in the seventh round if you got him. You know, it's a, it's a unicorn where, where Chicago drafted Dominic Hasek and where Braden Holpe went, I think, 70th overall out of the dub to Washington. So I'm not saying that those guys aren't available, but when you do see somebody that's available, you pounce and you get them. And for everything you've told me about Kosa and, and everything I've heard since you put me on to him, it all aligns. And if he's there and you have a chance, like he's, he's playing for you. Like he, he's there playing for the Oil Kings. You know what I mean? So if you can get a chance to get him, to draft him, I would certainly pounce on that. I would not be hesitant to draft a goalie in the first round, contrary to what some people think. Uh, and everybody has their own philosophy, but I'm all about getting the best players available on the board. And listen, it's so people are so interesting. 
it's so interesting with people in terms of how they talk about goaltending. Stoff, how many bars have you been in? How many <laughs> Joey Cardinals have you been in? <laughs> how many? And, and I, you and I both, by the way. <laughs> you and I both, by the way. How many times have we been at Joey's? How many times have we been at Earl's? How many times have we heard, you can't win without a goalie? Everybody's screaming at the TV. How many times have you been on the team playing? Oh, can't win without a goalie. See, this team, they got a goalie. That's why they're winning. But yes, so then when it comes to drafting, developing, um, and, and, and nurturing goalies, so many people botch that. You know what I mean? And, and some people are, are of the mindset that, hey, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to go ahead and draft a goalie in the first round. Well, hey, if you have a gem that's there, you take that gem. And that seems to have worked out pretty well for the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning right now with Andre Vasilevsky, that's the best goalie on the planet. I'm going to tell you right now, the two guys that are the goalies this year are going to be, the, as you know, the World Juniors are back at Edmonton. Coase yeah, is, is going to be Canada's goalie, and Wallstadt's right. going, going to be Sweden's goalie. The Oil Kings right. are going to have a un, the, the, the best chance for a WHL team to win since Drysaddle and Morrissey were in Kelowna in 2015. They lost in overtime to uh, mm-hmm. uh, DJ Smith in Oshawa that year. I mean, that's how Edmonton's going to have a They're going to have a really deep team. Um, I think Kosa, one more year junior, he's a, he's a late birth date, could foresee a scenario where a year to a year and a half in the minors, I think he could be in the NHL at 22 at the latest. I think he's that type of right. prospect. Like, he's pretty good. And he's 6'6". Six, six. Yep. He and he's athletic at 6'6". Six, six, yeah, you're saying. Totally. And, and you know what else that you would love, Kevin? He's got hmm. a little bit of screw you. Like, the Oil Kings went 22-1. and one. But they didn't have any toughness in the lineup, so they got run a bit at times. And he was right. the guy. He was the guy when teams were coming through the crease, where the blocker was getting up, where the, you know that cheese board was getting up, or the stick was getting up, and he was protecting yep. his teammates a bit. You know what I'm saying? So I love it. Of course, had yeah. some jam. Totally, you need some jam. Yep, I love seeing that. See, uh, one final one for you. Did you survive the Gators officially? <laughs> I saw your text on that. Yeah, officially survived the Gators. I think we saw about eight or ten of them that day. Between eight and ten of them, one looked like it was 12, foot long, 12 feet long. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Those things are dinosaurs. Like, it's crazy to see those things up close. It is. It puts things in perspective, shows you how evolution works. Kevin, great stuff. We'll talk next week, my man, okay? All right, buddy. Thanks for having me on, and thanks to all the fans out there in Berta. Thank you. There you go. That's Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's uh, leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, solar. They're back up in Adam at Japanese Village where uh, guests on this show receive gift certificates. Uh, they've got takeout as well as an option. Full details at jvedmonton.ca, four locations in the city of Edmonton for Don and his staff. When we come back on Oilers Now, we'll have our Oilers Now prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you in Oilers Now. Interesting conversation there. Yeah, John Gibson. You wonder sometimes as a team goes sideways, uh, spent last two seasons obviously in Anaheim, Dallas Hakens is the coach there. Uh, they've gone to the youth movement. I wonder if they'd move them. 
don't know. They could probably get three pretty good pieces for it, to say the least. And then you wonder whether or not a team like Pittsburgh tries to reel them in as well. Uh, let's go to our Oilers Now prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. A legacy of excellence. Make your new dream home or custom renovation a reality. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. And Brendan Escott is back in the 630 Chet Studios, and he is going to talk about a son of an NHLer who used to be involved in the Oilers' developmental side. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Cole Sillinger, the son of Mike Sillinger, is, uh, well, he'll be a lottery pick this year, simply put. Uh, born in Columbus, Ohio, he was a uh, property of the Medicine Hat Tigers for the last couple of seasons. Uh, a pretty thick six foot, 201 pound centerman. Uh, had uh, 53 points in 48 uh, games in his rookie WHL season last year, but because of the, uh, the sort of turbulence, if you will, in this year's season, he went down to the USHL and still put up four. 46 points in 31 games playing with Sioux Falls. So the scoring's always been there, Bob. It'll be interesting to watch that translate at the next level wherever he ends up. You know, uh, his father, Mike, uh, was involved in what many would consider to be the greatest individual team draft class in history. And uh, that was way back in 1989. Mike's a great guy, by the way. Uh, really enjoyed his time when he was uh, with the Oilers and around the team and the organization. Mike Sillinger went 11th overall. In 1988, uh, 89, uh, he played 1,049 games. I think he played for like 11 different teams. Bob Bugner was their second-round pick that year, 32nd. He played 630. The third-round pick that year in the draft for the, the Detroit Red Wings, Nick Lidstrom, 1,500 games. What, he won seven Norris trophies? Sergei Fedorov, a league MVP. Uh, he played 1,248 games. He was a fourth-round pick. Dallas Drake, we've talked about him, one of the hardest hitters of all time. Uh, he played 1,000 games in the NHL, six-round pick for Detroit that year. They got Vlad Konstantinov, who, if he was not involved in that limo accident, probably would have played eight or 900 games in the NHL. He got into 446. So how good was that draft year back in 89 for the Detroit Red Wings? you got to draft them and develop them. And uh, the the turning point for the Wings, remember, Iserman was a pick in 83. The turning point for the Red Wings organization. And what elevated them was, you know, you had Lidstrom and Fedorov, in the, and by the mid-90s, they're, they're amongst the top players in the league. And when they won that first cup in 96-97, there was an off-season addition that came aboard by the name of Brendan Shanahan, who led that team in scoring. So... Uh, doesn't always happen overnight. 129 in Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with George LaRock when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.